Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. And I tell you today, that definitely takes on a whole new meaning here in the state of Texas. Uh, We have breaking news coming out of Sutherland Springs, Texas. Anywhere from 20 to 27 people have been killed in a church shooting. And my thoughts and prayers definitely go out to the members of that church and their families uh, because Today is definitely a sad day in Texas. Something like that was to happen. Uh, we have on the show today, we, ha- we have a packed audience uh, inside the studio. Uh, we have on the show Adam Kokesh. He's running for not president of the United States. Uh, well, we're going to get into that a little bit. We also have never enough ammo on the phone. And we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about the Bastrop fires. And actually, more in particular, we're going to talk about the library of Bastrop and what we can do to help that community out, build their library back up. We're going to talk about that and also this church in Sutherland Springs, Texas. I tell you, you know, we, we definitely have to get to the point in this country to where, you know, we, you, you got, we've got to tighten up our security a little bit and, and stop these things from happening. Um, I, I always advocate, advocate actually, you know, carrying everywhere, everywhere that you possibly can carry. Uh, and so my thoughts and prayers definitely go out to the families, the, the church members, and this church, from what I understand, they actually, they actually, their church services are broadcasted live on YouTube. And so last Sunday's on YouTube, but the live video this Sunday has already been taken down. Uh, so it's, man, it's just a terrible situation. And you're talking anywhere from about 50 people that were actually inside the church at the time. And if 20, 27 people were killed, that's almost half the church members that were in church were actually shot and killed. Some of those were children. Yeah, absolutely. So, and my thoughts and prayers definitely go out to the, you know, to the that church and that community because they're definitely in mourning today. Something like this has definitely never ever happened. We're not used to something happen like this in Texas. But we have on the phone Adam Kokesh. Adam, welcome to come and talk it, sir. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. And it is uh, it is a certain occasion that we find ourselves in today. And uh, man, it's uh to be visiting Texas today is an interesting feeling, especially to be going around spreading freedom and, and waking people up when, when something like this happens and it, it makes you really stop. And at least for me, it gives me all the more motivation to do what I do. And I hope for you and your audience and people who care about your issues as well, that 
you know, I, I don't, I don't really like talking in, in, in wake of tragedies like this about political positions. You know, I think it, it's kind of that's what government does. You know, government takes advantage of people's emotional reactions and uses that to create policy that takes advantage of people. And I think as loving people who care about freedom, we want to set the bar higher. We, we, want, to, we want to be above that. And, and I'm, you know, I'm happy to get into whatever you want to get into around this, of course. It's your show. But, you know, what, what I think is so important for our movement, for the freedom movement in general, is that in times of tragedies like this, you know, we don't do anything to take advantage of people's emotions. We don't do anything to fan the flames. And if anything, that, that we're just there as good people to be, to be comforting and supportive. And I know that among the church communities, like especially the one that just experienced this tragedy in Texas, I don't think people are going to have a problem with that. There's a lot of love here. Absolutely. And Adam Kokesh running for not president of the United States. Did I get that right? Yes. Well, right now we say I'm running for not president because we're not filing FEC paperwork yet. But it's also more accurate to say that I'm running against the presidency or for not presidency for not president, because my platform is the peaceful, orderly dissolution of the entire United States federal government. The first thing I'm going to do with this one executive order that initiates the process is resign from the presidency to be custodian of the federal government or in free market terms, a bankruptcy agent specifically for the purpose of carrying out this disillusion and paying back the creditors. So basically what we're doing is turning the U.S. presidential election into a referendum on whether or not the federal government should be allowed to continue to exist at all. All right. So in, in let's talk about your platform and what do you actually you know, what's your plans as Adam Kokesh running for not president of the United States? Well, it's very simple. Every single agency of the federal government will either be localized, liquidated or liberated. And that means localized. Obviously, we can split a lot of federal agencies up into 50 different pieces, give the states their fair share of those resources and transfer the authority locally. And in every case, that means that those government services are going to be provided better, more efficiently, more effectively, and more in line with the needs of communities in the state when you don't have the federal government and all of its corrupt influences serving as middlemen shuffling money around and taking their cut off the top. Some agencies, like the IRS, I don't think anybody's going to miss them. They can simply be liquidated. A lot of agencies that do not serve a legitimate purpose, the purely regulatory ones, Department of Energy, Department of Education, Commerce, FDA, things like that, pretty much completely just liquidated. And when I say what we're doing is paying back the creditors of this corrupt institution, this bankrupt institution, is the American people, uh, not the foreign banks, the foreign governments, the foreign corporations. No, when we liquidate the federal government, we are going to take all of the funds remaining after completing this process and use it to fund Social Security until the funds run out. So this is actually a way of making Social Security solvent by repaying the debt to the American people that is, you know, what has been stolen from us from the, or by the federal government. And then liberated, I mean, spun off as independent institutions. And I like to think of the VA as my favorite example because uh, I'm a combat veteran myself. I've dealt with the VA, and we have an epidemic of veteran suicides in this country right now. 
which is a shame. It's not just a national tragedy. It's a national embarrassment. And when I went to the VA after I got back from Iraq, I told them I was having trouble sleeping. And I walked out of there with five prescriptions, three of which had suicide listed as a side effect. They are killing American veterans on behalf of the pharmaceutical industry. So if we were able to spin off the VA, privatize it, give every single veteran in America one ownership voting share, I guarantee you're not going to have the same kind of problem that we have today with veteran suicides. All right. And so and so you're running under the libertarian ticket then, Adam. Is that right? Absolutely. So how do you think that's going to you know, fare with the Libertarian Party? Do you think that's too much what you want to do? Is it going to be a heart attack for the, the Libertarian Party? Is, is, should we do just, do just a little bit at a time before we you know, send the, the country into a cardiac arrest? Well, this is a little bit at a time. In fact, what we're saying is we can do this the easy way or the hard way. The hard way is keep your head buried in the sand, pretend like we don't have a problem, and hope that government's spares you and its violent death throes as it desperately clings to power. The thing about this, the reason why this has such a broad appeal is it's the everybody gets what they want strategy. When government is localized, and I would like to see it down to the community level eventually, it means that everybody gets what they want out of government. We're not forced into a one-size-fits-all solution. I think all in all, Americans have realized that not only are we too good for this government, but that we don't need to be forced under, uh, into, into one system. We don't need to be united under one government to be united in American values. All right, so and let me ask, let me ask you this then. Uh, so what's your plans? Because you know, my listeners are, are very pro-Second Amendment. What's your plan on the Second Amendment? Because we have this shooting in Las Vegas, uh, and they want to ban bump stocks, you know, a part of a firearm. So what's your, your plan when it comes to the Second Amendment? Well, I'm completely against any kind of government gun control. So in terms of my plan, my authority with this, uh, it's really about respecting the, the right of individuals. I think the federal government will have nothing to do with gun control whatsoever. There will be no more federal gun laws being enforced in any way whatsoever. End of story. By the way, all in all, this message has been very well received within the Libertarian Party because what we're doing is taking it from being a debate club to being a political force by presenting practical policy that immediately improves everyone's lives. That's the critical difference with this. So when it comes to gun control, you know, I would want to live in a place where I have the right to defend myself as I see fit. But even more important than that is I want to live in a world where private property is respected. And that means that you get to set your own rules on your own private property. Uh, you don't get to set the rules on anybody else's property. You don't get to set the rules on public property. But if people wanted to come together and have a community where guns aren't allowed, you know, I, I wouldn't want to live there, but I also would not force guns into their community. So I think that's the more important principle. As, as much as the Second Amendment has been important, if anything, we know that the Constitution is at best a failed experiment, at worst a successful experiment in using the amendments, the Bill of Rights in general, as an excuse to create a stronger central authority that has gotten us to the point where we're at today with the average American working for government literally half the year when you add up all the fine fees, hidden costs, and taxes of government. So I think getting government localized, I think that's, that's this is the new American revolution, possibly the final American revolution, and this is our opportunity 
to lead the world forward in freedom again. It's an exciting time to be involved with the Libertarian Party and politics in America in general because people are waking up like never before. All right. And our call-in number is 512-643-LIVE. That's 512-643-5483. So let me give you guys a little update of what's going on here in this church shooting in Sutherland Springs, Texas. There was no information regarding the motivation behind the shooting. A single shooter walked into the church and opened fire. Wilson, Wilson County Commissioner Albert Gomez Jr. said earlier Sunday. Gomez said he had spoken to the sheriff and other officials who said there were multiple fatalities and multiple wounded, but it was not immediately clear how many were dead or injured. Several other law enforcement officers, sources familiar with the investigation, also said that multiple people had been killed with at least two, I'm sorry, at least 10 others injured. The FBI and ATF were headed to the scene, and the Texas Congressman Vicente Gonzalez said on MSNBC he had Several he had received reports that uh, 24 people are now deceased from this incident and 20 people are injured. And so we want including children. Yeah, we won't have a final number until probably a few hours from now. So this is the update on what's going on in in Southern Springs, Texas, with the church shooting that happened today, Sunday, this Mm -hmm. morning, while people were sitting in church, praising the Lord, trying to better their lives. Gunmen just walked in and started shooting. Horrible. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Mark Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. The right choice. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking with Adam Kokesh. He's running for not president of the United States. Also, we have on the phone Never Enough Ammo. Matt's going to talk to us about what happened today at the Texas State Capitol. We actually had a pro-Second Amendment rally at the Capitol. Also, breaking news, 20 to 27 people are dead in a church shooting in Sutherland Springs, Texas. Also, there is another church shooting as well that you probably have not heard about on mainstream media. Uh, Two shot, one fatally outside of a church in Fresno, California. Mm. So there's something going on. Definitely want to pay attention to your surroundings and what's going on out there. Uh, You might want to, you know, get that license and and definitely pack and carry. All right. So Adam Kokesh. So you're talking about running for not president of the United States. And I'm just wondering, you know, is it just going to is it going to be too much? Is that, you know, because Ron Paul, your your stance is a little harder than Ron Paul's. Well, no, I think my stance is a lot softer and a lot more libertarian at the same time. And if anything, my my uh, platform might be too little too late if we come to a collapse before the American people uh, come to the consensus that we're too good for this government. But I, I don't think there's anything more unlibertarian or anti-freedom you can say than I want to be president of the United States. I want to be in charge of this giant, violent, anti-freedom institution. And I want to impose my will and my policy 
on everyone else as opposed to saying, I want to throw the ring in the fire. I want power to be decentralized, localized. I want to respect the right, at least as, you know, at the federal level, I, I would say I want to respect the right of self-determination of all the independent states and territories. Of course, at the state level, we want to respect the rights of counties. And at the county level, we want to respect the rights of communities and eventually down to the individual. The important thing about this platform is that it's everybody gets what they want out of their local government as opposed to being forced into a one-size-fits-all solution. So within the Libertarian Party, obviously, we're, we're really uniting people from all of the different factions. And that's, that's one of the things that's so cool about this is that it makes it possible to not just bring them together, but to unite left, right, and center against the common enemy that is big centralized government. It has an amazing broad appeal. And I'm coming to the end right now. we got just a couple weeks left of a four-month national tour with about 70 stops all over the country. And it's just it's been amazing talking to average Americans how people are like, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. Um, you know, I could definitely, I, I could definitely get behind this because there's nothing the federal government does that can't be done better at the state level. And I tell you, I, I, I've been reading, taking a look at your book there, Freedom, uh, and I love it. Tell us a lot of, tell us something about freedom. <laughs> well, I started writing it when I was in jail for civil disobedience in uh, yeah, good place in to Washington, talk, Good D. place D. to think about freedom is in jail. Yeah, right. Well, it's incidental. It's, it's funny. My my book is now uh, banned in U.S. prisons and jails, or rather it's been endorsed by the United States Department of Justice. But uh, it, it came about because people were sending me uh, all of the best books about freedom. And I thought, you know, how do I convey what I've learned, what I've come to understand as efficiently as possible? How do I make the ultimate red pill? And, you know, I, humbly, I'd, I'd like to think that, uh, that, that I succeeded because I had a lot of help. And I had a lot of people who helped edit this book. I had a lot of people who participated in polishing it and publishing it and making it everything that it could possibly be. Because I tell you, your, your tone has actually changed a lot. Your tone is totally different, you know, than it was before you, you know, had that incident where you went to jail. So your tone now is a, you're, you're a lot more laid back, a little more calm, a little more focused on what you want to get I done. Definitely, yeah, I, I definitely got a lot out of my government-induced, taxpayer-funded spiritual retreat. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, you, you definitely, you're, like I said, your tone is actually totally different and a little more focused, and, and I'm actually loving it. Uh, so what are some of your other plans and, that you want to do as running for not president of the United States? Well, I think one of the most important things is how this message unites people. And one of the ways that it does that is uniting people against the two-party system. And it really is a tragedy how we've gotten locked into this as a country, uh, like we're being held hostage by the two old parties. And one of the things that I want to do that is so exciting about this campaign is a way to get people to, to realize that they can break out of this by combining forces. You know, there are a lot of households where you have one person who votes Democrat, one person who votes Republican, and they'd both rather be voting Libertarian, but they're afraid that the other person's going to win. Oh, my God, you know, they fall into the spear-mongering of the old parties. And, you know, vote, vote for, you know, for Trump is, is, uh, is, a, is a vote against Hillary as opposed to, no, it's just vote for who you really want. 
And so if you had those two people in one household, one voting Democrat, one voting Republican, it would their votes essentially cancel each other out. So they could either both go and vote and have their votes cancel out, or they could stay home and it would have the same effect. Or they could both go out and vote libertarian and it would move us way further towards freedom as a country. And, and I think this campaign is really about America reclaiming its place in the world and leading the world forward towards freedom as we did with the first American Revolution. All right, I'll tell you, you know, and, and what what I hope you do is something that we really need to do is do something with uh, D.C. And, and do something with, you know, not allowing guns in D.C. And then another thing is I'm actually shocked that the Libertarian Party were not they just were not able to get a really good, strong candidate together to run in this last election. That was the mm. that was a great chance for the Libertarian yeah. Party to really well, you know, get some numbers. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't mean to be contrarian here. I think Gary Johnson was a solid candidate. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a man with a great resume and a lot of integrity that he showed as governor of New Mexico. He's the wrong strategy, because when you go to the American people as a libertarian and say, I'm socially liberal and fiscally conservative, I represent the best of both worlds. Well, the American people say, you mean both crap worlds that we don't want anything to do with? If we want to have a fundamental shift that is going to break us out of this two-party system, you can't be putting forth a version of the old parties. It has to be something fundamentally different. Right. Oh, yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. Because uh, I actually was on the on the campaign for uh, Gary Johnson that you know tried to help him out a little bit, but I was definitely definitely disappointed in how that you know came out and just the lack of momentum and the lack of cohesion you know uh, across mm-hmm. the different states you know for the campaign. So I was disappointed yeah. in that. So hopefully we can do a lot better this time, and you know, and really it, there should be definitely some candidates, some strong candidates. Instead of just trying to put someone in every single race, I think it would be a lot better if the Libertarian Party would actually focus on certain races and put strong candidates in certain races rather than just sticking a scumbag in any any race you know that's out there. Yeah, and clearly the presidential campaign is the greatest opportunity that we have for that. And I think it's, uh, it's an embarrassment to the party that it has not been more competitive. And you know about this, Mario, because we got into it last night, but really that we don't have an extremely competitive delegate process makes it easy for some, you know, washed up old party member to come in and steal this platform that libertarians have been building for decades. But more importantly, it's the unity. And and this is a chance for a new strategy. If we want to be a political force instead of a debate club, we want to put forth practical policy that immediately improves everyone's lives. And getting government down to the community level is really a no-brainer in that sense. And I, I think you can definitely do it. Um, you, you know, you may have a couple obstacles to over, overcome, but I think that's, you know, it's possible. You can get some momentum. You get, you know, you get the word out, let people know that, you know, what you're trying to do, uh, you definitely can, you know, make a difference and actually change some things and, and get those numbers. Yeah, well, it's happening, man. You were at the event last night in Austin, and, and got to say, that was a blast. Thanks for coming out. And, you know, as I was talking, we literally had, you know, the audience grow by 50%, and we didn't have room for everybody, you know. It's, you know, it, it, it's amazing to feel on this tour now, having been on the road for almost four months, 
how much more how much momentum we're gaining with this campaign donations volunteers organization it's all coming together and it, it really is one of those things that you know I'll, I'll, you're, i mean you're, you're right to, to ask some of those questions that you asked earlier being skeptical about the campaign because people do have that response to it and they want to go whoa whoa wait a second now most people i don't go can we really do this really can we can we really pull this off and when they see yes we are putting forth a practical platform a very straightforward executive order that is going to be available on our website by november 2020 people are going to know excuse me i should say well in advance of november 2020 people are going to know exactly what they are voting for and it's not for me to be president it's for the federal government to be dissolved in a peaceful, orderly, responsible manner, leaving 50 independent states plus territories, which of course means the Olympics are going to be that much more competitive. Go Texas. <laughs> Go Texas. All right, so tell people how can they find you? The, the main website where you can find everything, uh, social media, you can find the campaign website, you can find my book for free in every digital format possible. It's the freedomline.com thefreedomline.com all right adam and where are you where are you headed to today well right now we are on our way to fort worth for a volunteer meeting this evening and then our, our main event for dallas tomorrow then we head on uh oklahoma which oklahoma city wichita denver the Cheyenne, Santa Fe, albuquerque phoenix and then home for ashford the freedom farm to my little 10 acres and a uh, little peace and quiet and family time. Nice. I tell you, when you hang in there and you, you push through and you gave a great message last night, people were listening. They were very excited. I, I think people are looking forward to hearing what you have to say at all these different you know venues that you're going to because we definitely had a good time last night. And I definitely want to thank you for coming on today as well. Hey, my pleasure, brother. Really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Adam Kokesh. He's running for not president of the United States. All right, so definitely check him out. Uh, he's got a good book there called Freedom. So you want to check that out and see what's going on there. All right, so uh, let me bring it to the conversation. Uh, not enough ammo. Never enough ammo. Matt, what's going on, sir? What's going on, today, man? All right, so you're driving along there, Matt. You're heading back home? Yep, heading back down to Brownsville, Texas. Matt? We were up in, uh, up in Austin this weekend for the rally today. Is you already making it around San Antonio? Yeah, yeah, we're already down on, on the south side. We're probably about halfway to Corpus right now. All right, so, yeah, we've got some breaking news now out of uh, uh, Sutherland Springs, Texas, which is outside of San Antonio. They're saying the numbers are now 27 dead and 30 injured. Uh, and, you know, we actually had a a Second Amendment rally today at the Capitol. Right, so you want to tell folks your thoughts on the shooting and also your thoughts on the rally that we had at the Capitol this morning? Yeah, well, first of all, as far as the shooting goes, I mean, you know, we, we've all we've all been there. You know, at church on a Sunday morning, and you got your friends and your family, and you got kids running around, and you got everybody there. And so to think about what happened is is horrible. I mean, it's I I I, I can't imagine what what everybody there is dealing with right now. Um, and I know there's a lot of stuff we could say and do, and we could be like the other side and try to use it to our advantage to start throwing around. Well, this is why everybody should carry all the time. And and I you know there there are those arguments to be had. I think right now. Um, the best thing to do is just say, you know, uh, our hearts are going out to them. And, and if there's anything that anybody can do, uh, I hope uh, these people that are affected by this will, will let all of us know what we can do to help them during this time. Because this is a, a horrible thing that happened. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, definitely, uh, absolutely. And then, and then, what are your thoughts about the rally that we had, the pro Second Amendment rally this this morning? Yeah, so we had the rally, and and uh, it, it, you know, we had uh, two weeks' notice on this. This was something we threw together. Um, the uh, a lot of the other states jumped on board with this as well. I've been getting good reports out of uh, Arkansas and Maryland, Michigan, Nebraska, and some of these other places where they had uh, a lot of stuff going on. Our rally down here in Texas, the Capitol, we had, I believe, it, it, did, it wasn't huge. It wasn't huge. got to say, I was a little disappointed. I was hoping some more people would get out there. Um, but we had about 40 people, give or take, show up. We had some media coverage. Um, yeah, we had some good media yeah, coverage I mean, there. We had, uh, uh, there were a couple of different uh, news stations that were there and also some print was there as well. So there was definitely some good coverage. Yeah, yeah, we had definitely good good coverage on it to, to get the message out there. Uh, you know, you were there, you got to speak, and, and uh, we had somebody from the, uh, the, the TSRA, the Texas State Rifle Association, was there, and we had, uh, we had to get her up there to speak. Um, I, I, I loved it. I had a great time. I, I thought it was good. We, we got a good message out there. At, at, at one point, you know, because the message, ideally, you know, for me, part of it anyway, was to just be a good face for gun owners and just put a, uh, an invitation, an, an open invitation for civil discourse when it comes to the Second Amendment and, and the the human right that it protects. Because that's that's ultimately, ultimately what we're talking about here is that, you know, the Second Amendment is just a, a negative liberty that the government has to say, you will not mess with this human right that all individuals have. We have a human right to be able to defend ourselves from any and all forms of tyranny, whatever that may be. And the Second Amendment is there to guarantee that. And that, and that applies to everybody equally across the board. And, and I wanted to get that out there, that no matter how you vote, no matter who you, you, you talk to, whether you're conservative, liberal, whatever, it doesn't matter, party lines be damned, um, that the Second Amendment is for you. And, and to be not the stereotypical, quote-unquote, gun nuts um, that, that the media and a lot of people try to portray us as, and to just be, be there to, to have a civil discourse with somebody who may not necessarily agree like I said, even after the after the uh, the rally was over, I had two people uh, walk up to me and say, "You know, we're very very liberal, and I loved everything you said up there." And they just happened to be walking by. They weren't even they they weren't even there for the event. They walked by and they stopped and they stood there for twenty minutes and listened to us talk. You know, um, so it, it, it was. I loved it. I had a lot of fun. I got to meet a lot of people from all over the the great state of Texas and, and get together. And we sat around for about another hour and a half after the rally was over, just all talking and, and you know. Uh, so I, I thought it. I thought it went off very well. All right, we got some breaking news here out of set uh, out of the uh, church shooting in, in in Texas today. They're saying that the shooter's name is Devin P. Kelly. Uh, Devin P. Kelly, 26 years old. So well, I'm sure we'll find out a little more as we we go throughout the day here. A little more and more has been been released about this church shooting. Um, yeah, you, you you know you're right. We. Definitely, I thought it was a great event. Uh, it, was, it was nice to hear from the Texas State Rifle Association um, to get their point of view on some things. I uh, wish their other gun groups would have, you know, would have stepped up and also spoke as well. Uh, but I thought it was a, it was a nice event, especially an event that was called we we you know called it at such a short notice. So I thought that was great as well. Because it's, yeah, it's, really it's hard because it's really hard to get people out to come talk about things um, at such a short notice. Uh, but when we come back from the break, I'm going to get you back on and talk about that and also talk about what some of your goals are, uh, you know, for Texas and for the United States and, and what's going on with your your podcast. Uh, we got uh, Sutherland, Texas right now is confirmed. Twenty seven are dead, 30 injured. And the shooter they are saying his name is Devin P. Kelly. This is Michael Cargill and you 
are listening to Come and Talk It. This is State Representative Jonathan Stickland, and you are listening to Come and Talk It on Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. And that was our update uh, with what's going on in Southern Springs. Um, so this morning, about 1130 this morning, local time, uh, Kelly, his name is actually Devin Kelly, allegedly walked into the First Baptist Church in Southern Springs, Texas, and opened fire and killing at least 27, anywhere from 25 to 27 mm-hmm. and injuring 30 people. Kelly apparently died following a short police pursuit. And it was not immediately clear whether he was killed by officers or if his wounds were self-inflicted. So, well, I'm sure as this goes along, we'll we'll find out a little more about what's going on. All right. So let me let me go back to uh, Matt. Yes. There you go. All right. So, Matt, never enough ammo. So, man, I tell you, it's, it's a lot going on. I, I, you know, it, it, it gets to the point now that I, I actually don't plan the radio show anymore in advance. Because there's so much actually happens on the weekend between Friday and Sunday that we, whenever we plan something, it just goes out the window. Yeah, I know what you mean. So like, there's always something going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. Man, I, like I was saying uh, earlier, uh, I, I, the rally was actually awesome. You know, I, I, I thought the turnout was okay. It could have been a lot better. But I thought the turnout was okay, and I thought we got our message across. Because for me, I think that we need to, you know, there needs to be some changes with the, you know, the legislature, what's going on. So we need to make some changes when it comes to the um, – we need to make some changes a little bit to um, yeah to uh, what's happening with our laws. You know, little things like, and I'm trying to fix your background noise here a little bit. Uh, so we need to make some changes. No, you're fine. I think you, it sounds like your window's down or something. No? No? Okay. Uh, we need to make some changes with activities. We need to make some changes with 4602, where you can have a handgun in Texas without a license. Uh, so there's just some, you know, some things that we need to do to clean up some things and make it better for people. Because Texas is not in the top 10 when it comes to pro-Second Amendment states. And that's one thing I was saying today. Yeah, we're not in the top 10. We're not in the top five. Not even, We're not even in the top 20 when it comes to being pro-Second Amendment. What? We are actually in the bottom half of the United States. And actually, Vermont is sitting a lot better when it comes to Second Amendment than Texas is. And they're very liberal. Yeah, that's that's absolutely crazy. The the thing that we need to do is we need to ask our legislators that that run under a pro gun stance. Hey, I'm pro gun. I have an NRA rating. We need to uh, to ask them uh, what pro gun bill are you working on this next session? You know, what will you be working on? And don't ask them if they support a certain issue. Make them tell you the issue to justify them running this pro gun. Prove it because we're in the bottom half. And and. And Matt, you know, what I like to ask you is I like to ask you to get a little more involved when we get into the come session time, because if we don't get people motivated enough to walk to the Capitol and let their voice be heard, sign up to speak, then these things are not going to get done. They're not going to happen by themselves. Uh, The legislature is not going to sit there and say, you know what, I think the people want this. So we're actually going to make that happen. It's not going to happen that way. It's not going to happen unless 
you know, the different YouTube channels reach out to their their listeners and actually motivate them to get to the Capitol and make this stuff happen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's that, that's what was disappointing about this time around. Now, now this is a first step for me. This is not something that I, I wanted to do one time. You know, this is something that needs to become regular. Uh, I mean, if people can come from, you know, all over Texas to hit their capitals, uh, to, to hit the capital, certainly people in every state can do this. And, and I want to keep pushing for things here in Texas. Um, you know, this is a first step. We, we should be able to do this whenever necessary. We should be able to mobilize uh, as a as a group, as a well organized. We have we have tons of pro gun organizations here in Texas, um, and uh, you know, like I said, that was kind of the biggest disappointment is we couldn't get on the same page. I understand two weeks is a, a short amount of time, um, but it, it still could be done if people wanted to make it happen. And, and the same goes along with some of the bigger YouTube channels and things. Um, you know, it's the the audience is there. The people are there. The 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 media is there. People want to promote this. People want to be a part of this. I tell you, people. Just, be honest with you. They talk a lot of people talk a good game on Facebook. You know, on you listen to them online. They they tell you exactly what needs to happen. This is what we need to do. Why is the government doing this? And why is this happening? But when you know, when it's time to show up, we need you to show up. That's the bottom line. Absolutely, absolutely. And we had forty people in Texas who decided that was something they were going to do today, and that's forty more people than were there doing it yesterday. Um, and and so I want to I want to keep pushing this. The Facebook page is going to stay up, which is just a two A state capital rally. Um, it doesn't have a date on it. It's something we are going to be able to do, uh, you know, as time moves on, make it a regular thing, be there, be a presence. And that's, that's one of the big things and to go along with what you're talking about. We have to be a constant presence. We need to, we need to be that for many different reasons, for our legislature, for, for you know, uh, politicians to put pressure on them, also just to be a public face of gun owners um, so that people don't just – you know, for whatever reason, especially, you know, in, in areas where you've got well, Austin, where, you know, people give you funny looks for having a gun on you. Um, and it shouldn't be that way. And we should be able to. Oh, I, you know, honestly, honest, honestly, I don't care what other people say. I don't care what they think. You know what? I'm going to carry my gun and I'm going to always carry my gun. I'm going to carry it as many places as I possibly can. And I don't care what they think. I don't care how they feel, how they feel, because feelings is a song that was written back in the 70s. So I don't I don't care about the feelings. And I don't, I don't concern myself with how somebody feels in that it, it's going to determine what we do as gun owners. But it sure would be nice if if they didn't have those feelings in the first place. If it was so normalized for them to, to see people at the Capitol, to see people willing to have civil conversations with them, that not only did they no longer feel strange about seeing somebody with a gun, but they might even think, hmm, maybe it's time for me to go buy a gun. You know, I, I'd love to see that progression make or happen. Um, and it's, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we have to constantly keep fighting for these things. But I'd love to see that along with everything else that we, we fight so hard for get pushed. You know, whether we're fighting for, for new pro-gun legislation or to get rid of older anti-gun legislation or, you know, whether we're pushing for things on a state level or a federal level. You know, whether we're, we're out there fighting a particular uh, bill that might be coming down the pike. Um, I also want to, to put forth this idea that, you know, Hey, you know, the Second Amendment's for everybody, and and here's why. And you know, we, we've I, I've seen examples, uh, great examples in in other states, friends of mine that get in get uh, 
you know, organize together where they go do simple things like adopt a highway and, and everybody goes in open carries while they pick up trash on the side of the road and they begin to be appreciated as <laughs> as actual members of society, not the quote-unquote gun nuts that people portray them as. I think there's lots of things we can do, but the march at the Capitol, the rally at the Capitol, I think is a, is a good first step, and I want to I keep this, this momentum and this progression going. All right. And um, and now call in numbers 512-643-LIVE. That's 512-643-5483. Come and talk. So let me go to uh, line one, Howard. Howard, you're on with Come and Talk. I'm coming talking. What you got for me, sir? Hey, Michael. It's Howard Ray. Uh, What's up, Howard? Good. Oh, not much. Just an almost day slipped, in New almost, England. Hey, I almost slipped up and said something there. That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, uh, what a great show uh, today. Uh, unfortunately, it comes on the heels of, you know, two very sad events. Uh, obviously, the one we're dealing with now down in Sutherland Springs. But also, you know, today is the uh, eighth anniversary of the Fort Hood uh, Massacre terrorist shooting that took place in 2009. Um, <clears throat> so I just wanted to kind of come over the air here and, and just kind of give some uh, thought to what uh, what I'm feeling today as far as uh, what's going on and, and the way I think we should move forward. And just so uh, everyone knows, Howard was actually at Fort Hood when that shooting took place. And so he, he's, you know, telling us firsthand of what actually happened on that day, you say eight years ago today, Howard? Yes, sir. So eight years ago today, and, you know, he's telling, you know, how he feels because every year that this, I hate to say it, this anniversary comes around, you know, you think about this. You think about where you were eight years ago. And so go ahead, Howard. Yeah, and, and you think about the the, uh, the sacrifices that were made, um, the inability for, for people to uh, have protected themselves, and, and just uh, – a whole slew of uh, other uh, emotional uh, things, you know, kind of come across across you, as well as the realization of, of some facts. And here's some of the facts, uh, Michael, that I think we, we should really uh, start uh, getting serious about. Not that, not that uh, you or, or anybody hasn't, but just for the general public to really start taking note. And I heard the uh, CBS reporter say a while ago um, <clears throat> that we couldn't plan for something like this. Well, Michael, that is a bunch of crap. Uh, you can. Um, to, to this point uh, in our history, uh, we have seen that this type of uh, attack and other terrorist attacks are going to happen uh, with somewhat regularity. So the fact is, is that we can plan uh, for these. Um, <clears throat> the, other, the other misnomer is that, you know, these, uh, this couldn't happen here. Unfortunately, again, it can happen anywhere. And even if you're in a small town, I had someone tell me the other day, yeah, but you're, we're in a small town of, of Nashua, New Hampshire. You know, how could this ever happen? Well, how's that going to make you feel when they start counting the, the bodies? Okay. God forbid that ever happened. All right. Uh, so we gotta, we gotta move that out, out of our thinking, you know, of uh, <clears throat> this not happening here because it, it will and uh, we just got a plan for it. So what do we do, uh, Michael? I mean, for me, it's, it's pretty clear. We have enough evidence uh, that this does and will happen. We got to prepare for this. Uh, we got to take our gun rights seriously. 
we got to take our uh, training seriously. And through that training, we can learn to identify and take out those threats when, when they uh, are presented. Um, <clears throat> I think over and over and over again, uh, we've been browbeat by the media to tell it, you know, with them, they're the ones that tell us that, uh, <clears throat> you know, we shouldn't have our guns, we shouldn't have our training, and uh, uh, things of that effect. Well, I think that right now uh, is the time that we as the people stand up and say, you know what, we've had enough, and uh, we need, we absolutely need all these things. And we need uh, good men and women to be prepared uh, to give a defense for uh, each other, uh, their family, uh, and their friends. I think that's the best thing you could do for someone. I, I think that's probably the best takeaway from Fort Hood. If there was a good takeaway to have was there was a lot of people there that day that were willing to risk their lives uh, and give their lives for their brothers. And they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have had to go through that. They shouldn't have had to do that. So let's, you know, let's turn the tide and let's go the other direction. Let's be prepared and, and take out these threats and let's be willing to give a ready defense for our neighbors here in Texas and abroad. I mean, I'll tell you, you know, thank you, Howard. I really appreciate that. That's folks. That's Howard, Howard Ray. And he's one of the survivors at Fort Hood doing the Fort Hood shooting. And today is the eighth anniversary of that Fort Hood shooting. And I'm, and I'm really glad Howard that you called in and, and, you know, to talk with us because uh, that's something that we totally missed today. Totally missed it. And I, and I think that, this is probably why this happened today on this particular day. And this is I not the only, related. yeah, it's not the only church shooting. You know, you have the one that's in uh, Fresno, Fresno, California as well. So I'm really glad you called in and, 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 you know, you're telling us, you know, how you feel right now. That's really important because you were there on the ground. So I really appreciate that. My thoughts and prayers go to you, your family, and also to the people that are in Southern Springs, Texas as well. But hold on, Howard, let me go back to the phone lines. Our phone is, Phone number is 512-643-LIVE. That's 512-643-5483. Come and talk it. Let me go to line two, Jim. Jim in Gatesville. What you got for me? Hey, Michael. Uh, this is Jim. You know, I've talked many times, and you're a friend. And you know my feeling about church security. There's nothing new about this. You and I are in violent agreement about that. And the issue, and I've talked with deacons and elders at a church I went to is very large. And they would not even discuss it. It wasn't even an issue they considered important because they had other priorities as a word they used. And then if you go up to Shoreline, farther up the road, they've got six to eight deputies that work every Sunday. And I don't understand it. I'm, I'm at a loss why these people bury their heads. It's just amazing to me. Hmm. And, and and Olivia said something earlier today that, you know, she, you know, you said that when you go into a church, you actually are afraid to go into churches now because of that, because the way you, no. you sit, your yeah, you, know. yeah, you sit with your back. And, and usually, you know, with the Catholic church, there's usually like one or two main entrances, one main entrance. And the church I go to is usually full standing room only. Uh, most of the time, it's a big church. And uh, whenever I go into any building that's that big, I look for several exits and ways to get out. And that's just, you know, I went to an inner city high school in Dallas and I was conditioned to find a way out for any situation. And I started getting nervous when I realized, you know, after the Dylan Roof shooting, uh, even though I go to Catholic church, Catholic church is a big target for pro-choice advocates. And uh, I I just started getting excessively nervous because it's right by the Capitol. And I realized that, you know, uh, 
is just it didn't feel safe. Hmm. And then what were you saying, Jim? No, I, I apologize. She's 100 percent correct. I, I guess the first thing in the morning, all churches have a meeting with their pastor on Monday. And the first discussion should be, how do we have church security? Because Jesus said, Luke, get a sword. And it goes, there's plenty in the Bible about what that means. I won't go into it because you know, you, you know the passage to some extent. And that's what Jesus said. He recognized a dangerous world. He didn't say we're just going to fold our hands and everything will be great because even Jesus knew better with the, with the disciples. And I'm not going to push my belief on anybody, but the reality is that churches look at a very small part of it. Majority of- Absolutely. And like Jesus said, and let the let that one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy a sword. This is Michael Cargill, mm. and you are listening to Come and Talking. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so uh, Matt, with uh, not enough ammo, uh, just, dude, hang on, because there's so much going on right now. We got the uh, governor is going to come on here shortly and give a press conference, so we're going to hear that. But before we get to the governor, before we get back to uh, Matt, never enough ammo, let me, let's talk about the Bastrop fires real quick, uh, because there's something going on with the library, and the library needs help. You know, unlike the city of Austin, who has a awesome homeless shelter, uh, you know, the Bastrop needs help with their library. They definitely need some help out there. And you got these guys, uh, this couple here, they're, they're doing great things. But I need you, AJ, to tell me, you know, about what they're trying to do and introduce them a little bit. Yeah. OK, so uh, this AJ Postel, Lone Star Gun Rights, um, I, I got to know this this couple as I was working with the uh, the new Texas knife bill. And they kind of let me know uh, about the project. But if you remember back in 2011, we had uh, huge fires out in Bastrop. Uh, Texas that burned up over 1,600 homes, nearly $400 million in property damage. There was actually a couple deaths involved. It was uh, pretty catastrophic to the community of Bastrop. And uh, still to this day, there's a lot of uh, rebuilding efforts going uh, uh, along into that. And uh, I was approached by by this couple uh, let me know about this project that they were doing. Uh, they mentioned that the uh, library was still kind of um, – uh, you know, needed some help to to improve in some areas, to restock things, add things to the community, and uh, they they own a uh, a knife sharpening uh, shop there locally in Bastrop, and uh, they're they're a big part of the knife community. So they got uh, some pretty well known uh, knife makers throughout Texas uh, together and use components from the Bastrop fire to construct some uh, very unique knives. That's going to be uh, special to Bastrop. So uh, it's uh, Tana and, and Grizz, and they're from uh, To The Point Blade Sharpening Cells Ooh. in Bastrop, Texas. And um, I'm sure I left a lot of holes into this story, and they can pick up where I left off from. But go ahead and tell us a little bit about the, uh, the knives and the project itself that y'all are working on. Thanks for having us here today. Absolutely. So we were new to Bastrop about two years ago, and as we drove through, we saw some of the devastation that's still left over from the fire, the burned trees that are there in the state park, and we had not heard of the fires. So when once we found out what happened, we were pretty intrigued by it, and then not too long after that, we just kind of stumbled into the Bastrop Library to check it out, 
and noticed that their music selection was a little bit lacking. So we kind of started talking to the library director and just, we are library advocates. And so we thought what better way to kind of bring the community together by, because we are knife people and knives are what we do, why not have some awesome custom knives made out of the things that remain from the fire? So we had burned loblolly wood that's been cast into handle material, um, some really incredible custom knives made. So our plan is to hold a raffle. It'll be on December 16th, actually at the, the Bastrop Library, and we'll be raffling off eight custom knives along with several other knives, along with several other, I'm sorry, prizes. Now that's from a our knife right community. there. I don't know if you guys can see this on Facebook Live, but I'm telling you, that's a knife right there. That knife right there was created by Peter Kohler of Dark Timber Knives. And Can you describe that for the people that are listening that are stuck in traffic on 35? This, <laughs> <laughs> this knife was created, like I said, by Peter Kohler, and it, it is one of his grizzly knives. And it's a curly maple handle. It's a beautiful knife. Feels See, great. now I'm going to have to get you guys to make a nice, a nice, big, thick, long knife for me. Ooh. That's right. I like them long, big, and Dark. thick. <laughs> well, we can take care of that. <laughs> oh, sorry. So especially since uh, now we can walk down the street with, uh, you know, there are no more illegal knives. Any knife yeah. And, and these knives aren't just like any kind of knife that you can go find anywhere. These are extremely uh, custom one-off knives. Uh, some of these uh, go up in several thousand dollars in price on these knives. Um, but some of the components uh, was actually used from the fires itself out in Bastrop, like uh, some of the charred wood that was burned, uh, pine cones were incorporated in some of the handles. And actually, uh, there was uh, Damascus made from the chainsaw blades uh, to construct uh, one of these knives uh, as well that's got uh, uh, Damascus made from the chainsaw blades built in the recovery. But uh, how can people uh, get involved and, and learn out uh, more about these knives? How can they uh, enter in to get these knives and uh, so forth on that. So give us a little more direction of uh, where people can go to find out more and how, how can they win one of these knives. Absolutely. Go to Facebook and you're going to search Bastrop Fire Knife Raffle. And you'll see all of the all of the prizes are listed there. All You see all the incredible pictures. Um, tickets are not on sale yet. They should be on sale within a week or two uh, very soon. And the event is on December 16th from 12 to 3 actually at the Bastrop Public Library. Okay. Just in time for Christmas. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and and this is for a great cause. We're talking, you know, we need to get books in the library. And what better way to help a community entity? That's know, not a rich community like Travis County. Right. We're well, talking Bastrop County. You're, you're turning something that was a tragedy into something that's very special and unique. Historic. And um, um, giving back a, a good cause. And it's very historic, as she said, you know. So it's, it's, it's turning, a, 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 you know, a tragedy into something very special. Yeah, because in, here in Travis County, I mean, my goodness, um, there's money galore when it comes to building libraries and things of that nature. But Bastrop County, smaller county, you know, they're they're struggling a little bit. They're struggling on and getting back to normal. Well, and you know, I, I agree that it should be the the community uh, rebuilding itself, and uh, it's it's through great people like uh, the Tana and Grizz that are. Uh, helping with that process and it's it's not a a month-long process as you said the fires were back in 2011 so this is a long effort um that we're going to see uh, in the state even with uh the recent hurricane efforts it's going to be uh, a rebuilding process and it takes a community to do so okay yeah 
So, again, please go to Bastrop Fire Knife Raffle. Um, tickets will be on sale shortly. Like I said, you'll also be able to get those at our location in downtown Bastrop at To The Point Blade Sharpening and Sales. And you guys are from what, Detroit? We're from Detroit. What? Yeah. How'd you get here from Detroit? We decided to leave our jobs and sell our <laughs> house, and we were going to travel. And we were actually headed to Oregon, but we found Bastrop and fell in love and decided we were going to stay for a while. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well, welcome to Texas. Thank you. Yeah, you guys, are, yeah, we we like Detroit. Detroit's not, uh, Michigan is not too bad uh, compared to Texas as far as gun laws and things of that nature. Mich- Michigan's doing a great thing. So, uh, you know, definitely welcome. If you're from California, we'll say something different about you, oh. but you're from Michigan, so it's okay. Oh. <laughs> All right, so uh, Matt with never uh, enough ammo. You still there? There we go. Matt, you still rolling down yep. the road there? Yes, I sure am. I tell you, I wish I could route you, you know, to uh, Sutherland Springs, uh, Texas there and, and take a look on, on what's going on because information is definitely slow to come out of there. They're so busy, co- you know, checking out everything. And before they release the information, I know the governors were actually waiting for governor to actually speak here shortly. Uh, we told it was going to be five minutes, taking a little longer now. So hopefully we'll find out before we get off the air what exactly is going on down there in Sutherland Springs. Um, but this is definitely a, a, a it's a terrible, terrible tragedy. And it happened on the the anniversary, the eighth anniversary of the Fort Hood shooting, no less. And that's that's definitely wild. So definitely something is going on here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be yeah, I hate to use the word interesting, but it is going to be interesting to find out what exactly is happening, because, I mean, there's. You know, we're we're just now hearing about this here in the last couple hours. Apparently, took place at eleven o'clock this morning, and you know, it is it is strange. I mean, even the Vegas shooting that just happened. I mean, within an hour, we knew so much about who this person was and their name and what exactly happened and where they were in the hotel and that kind of thing. By the time I had woken up the next morning, we knew pretty much everything we know right now. Um, with this, it seems to be very different. I mean, we just now found out his name, and there's, you know, we're still somewhat unsure. I mean, I'm seeing 25, 27 possible people that have, that have been shot. Um, I know the FBI and the ATF are on their way there right now uh, to try and assess the situation and see if, if there's anything going on. I guess the ATF just wants to show up to see what gun was used or whatever they think they, they should be involved in. Um so it's definitely something we have to we have to keep an eye on and, and figure out what exactly is going on just to find out, you know, what the what the motivation was or, or, or what the situation was. I mean, ultimately, this obviously is going to be another situation where the anti-gunners are going to use this to say, hey, we need to go after guns. I mean, they would now, do that, that even if he... Now, there's, there's a lot going on here because this guy, his name is Devin Kelly. Uh, just so if you haven't heard, his name is Devin Kelly. And earlier this morning, about 11.30 a.m., uh, he actually walked into a church in Southern Springs, Texas, mm. and the First Baptist Church and killed anywhere from 25 to 27 people and injured 30. And what we're finding out is his dad, his dad's name is Michael Kelly, who's an IT tech for the government in D.C. He's a director at NES, a CSRA company. Mm. So there's, there's something, you know, definitely going on what there. What could possibly be going on? So definitely want to, yeah, my media sources, you guys definitely want to check into some of that stuff and what's happening here. Right, and then um, I'm getting reports that, you know, someone's saying 
There's a story coming out of, I can't think. He was uh, dressed in military gear. I don't know where this is, but he's, they're saying he's Muslim as well. So maybe he's changed, he's changed his religion. He doesn't. Because his dad, is he's not, he's not Muslim descent. I mean, where's the <laughs> motive like, in the attack? That's yeah. that's what's going to, it's going to come down to. Can we talk is, about motive when it's in a church? Yeah, it, does, it doesn't matter. It's, just, it doesn't it's matter. psycho crazy. I mean, he Terrible. drove madman drove walked from into a church and started shooting people. To get there, so. Yeah. Well, and. Maybe he lost a lot of money and he couldn't handle it. You can say whatever you want. He's a domestic terrorist. You can do terrorism. that. But, but then there's definitely something White going terrorism. on there. There's definitely something going on. All right, so, Matt, what were you saying? No, this is going to be an interesting situation to see what exactly what exactly is going on, what the motivations are. Obviously, you know, depending on whether they – I mean, you're right. This is this is terrorism, pure and simple. We need to address that straight up front. So that's that's one of the things we all – you know, we always find ourselves getting tongue-tied over when something like this happens. And one side's always blaming the other. Just call it terrorism. Okay, well, let's call it terrorism and move on. Um, and now let's figure out what the motivation is. At that point, I mean, anybody that does something like that is committing a terrorist act, whether it's domestic or ISIS-inspired or, you know, whether he just ate a bad meal at Denny's. I mean, I, you know, whatever it causes, that's, it ultimately is, is what it is. The question, of course, is going to be, you know, uh, you know, already, is, 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 is this, is, did he convert to Muslim? Did he, you know, did he, you know what, what is, is that driving ideology behind what made him do it? Or is he just simply uh, like the Vegas shooter? I mean, we still don't know. He, Apparently was crazy potentially. You know, there's there's lots of rumors floating around, but right. Uh, so it'll be it'll be uh, uh, interesting to see what happens. Yeah, especially on the eighth anniversary of the Fort Hood shooting. You know, this happens on on this day of all days. So yeah. you know, already a painful day as it is, and so we'll see how the how the media gets into that and reports that. We'll see what's going on with the family as well, because definitely something on something is definitely going on there. But let me get back. Uh, hold on a sec, Matt. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the the Bastrop. Talk about Bastrop Library there, and what you know this couple is actually trying to do and and help out the Bastrop Library. Uh, I want to ask you, you know, get you to step up to the mic again and tell us, you know, what are you trying to accomplish in Bastrop? Well, like I said in the you know a little bit ago about the fire when we first drove through and we saw that that there had been such a devastating event that had happened there. Um, I, we've come across a lot of people that still are affected by it, that still have, um, you know, these horrible memories and they have, they're still trying to rebuild and they're still trying to recover. And so, and it was hard because then we just had something else happen like this year. There was uh, some more fires this there, year or there something. There was right? a, yeah, a smaller fire right, right in the same spot. Right. Tahitian village. Right? Yeah. Right across from Tahitian. Yeah, so it's like, man, right when you're trying to get to the point where you're trying to rebuild and right. oh, it starts to get, and, that's, and, and that was that, actually... Um, that was by someone started that one, right? Someone started the other one. Well, yes, definitely someone definitely started the other one, but someone started this one, this last one, or they hadn't said yet. I don't know if it was malicious or a cigarette butt or what, yeah, but it definitely burned. I think about two hundred acres this time, mm-hmm. something like that. It was a smaller, definitely a small fire compared to and, and that's something twenty eleven. The media is not talking about a lot. For some reason, I don't know why. And this has affected a lot of people, and it's affected people that are, you know. They just don't have a lot of money to try to. Well, people are still living out of their cars. Their 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 In vehicles are still. Yeah, they still have their vehicles filled with their personal possessions. Some of them they show up did at the FEMA library. Did FEMA ever go out there? FEMA did go out there. Mm-hmm. Did you talk to the mic? Yeah. FEMA did go out. I'm not. You know, I'm not 
obviously I don't know everyone's personal situation and yeah. why, but when you've got something so devastating that has happened to you and you lose everything <clears throat> and perhaps you don't have much money to begin with. And so to, to rebuild or to some people just hold on to maybe that piece of property is gone <clears throat> where they lived is gone and nothing is going to replace that for them. Right. So it's, it's hard if he, if where you're working was destroyed, <clears throat> your home was destroyed, <clears throat> you can't get a job. So it's, it's hard to, okay, well, the insurance is going to rebuild it, but then how do you maintain it? Right. And how do you continue to pay for that? Right. So, so it truly is difficult. it's just, uh, we just wanted to do something to reach out to this brand new. We were so brand new to the community at the time when we had this idea. Just we felt embraced by the community when we first stepped in and we just wanted to do something to give back. You said that you, you felt that small town love that you were searching for and looking for a place to stay. And that's why you fell in love with the community and you felt, uh, uh, conflicted to do something to give back to the community for the love that y'all received moving to the community. So I, I fell in love with y'all's story, and I, I'd like to thank y'all for what y'all are doing, definitely to the Bastrop community. Absolutely, it, it, yeah. Somewhat, all mean, the sales from the the raffle go to the library. Everything goes to the library, hundred percent, a hundred percent. We'll go back pocket. to the library. We're out of pocket, and we also have a lot of makers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I should say names, uh, yeah, but plenty of right? terrific yeah, so makers. Yeah. Just don't uh, curse. <laughs> I, I just requested that would they contribute, and sure enough, uh, I'll let my wife tell you who was involved. Uh, so we have knives made from made by James Hughes. We have one made from by Jay Nielsen, uh, Jay and his son Danny Nielsen, uh, Jamie Herring, Devin Bliss. Those names sound familiar. Are they from the show? Uh, James Hughes is a Forged and Fire uh, okay. champion. Okay. He was on the show twice, and he's a, a former champion of the show. Okay. Uh, all great, uh, fantastic. Uh, and he was on this show too. Uh, knife makers. Do we have him here? Yes, he, he was okay. in studio. Yeah. And we—I don't know if I said—we've got Derek McLean, and then the big knife that you saw earlier, made by Peter Kohler. I'd also like to say, uh, uh, um, our our scale makers, Terry Dunn, as well as Kelly Kring. He's a blacksmith, metallurgist that made our recycled uh, chainsaw, Damascus. So oh, wow. the re- the chainsaw is from what? From, the chainsaws were lo- local chainsaws that had been used, so and, those were all okay. pulled apart, and then all it cool. was all melted down and forged out. Yeah, it's a mixed media event. I like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Lots Way of to hard go, work. Lots of hard work went into these knives. We're so appreciative. It's nice to see when the community gets involved, you know, to help other people in the community. I think that means a What's lot. What's that like? We would have a lot of people show up at our event December 16th. We're going to have a lot of activities. It'll be very family friendly. We're planning to have a knife maker out forging a knife as a demo, somebody grinding, somebody making a sheath. So you can kind of see each step of kind of what maybe making a knife would look like. And then we've got activities planned for the kids as well. Oh, nice. Very good. Oh, really appreciate that. Really appreciate you guys coming on and driving all the way here from Bastrop, you know, through that uh, Austin traffic. <laughs> It wasn't too bad today. No. Not, it was pretty mild no, today. They, they're going to get you going back then. <laughs> <laughs> they won't get you coming. They'll get you going back. You're going to get it one way or the other, let me tell you. Because this Austin traffic is definitely something else. Uh, we, get, we get a lot of people coming in over from Bastrop. I, I was thinking of actually moving to Bastrop. So was I. Yeah, I actually, I like Bastrop. Ago. You're still, still thinking about it. They have it. a Dunkin' Donuts now. Really? They do. We're getting yeah. a Denny's what? and a Burger King, too. We're what? big time. Ooh, you guys are going That's big extra. time. We may have to... <laughs> <laughs> we may have to be like Linda Curtis and go out to Bastrop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so right. reports just came out that the gunman was from Kamal County and he served in the U.S. Where's Air Kamal? Force. Kamal is that? Is that? That's outside of San Antonio, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, New Braunfels. New Braunf- oh, New Braunfels area. He was ser- He served in the Air Force and was court-martialed. Ooh, a lot, lot going on there. Wow.
lot going on there. So we'll, as we I tell you, as we dig into this, more and more is coming out. It's coming out really quick now once now they release is. the name. Now it is. So we'll, we'll get more information as the day goes by. And eventually the governor will speak. I guess they're trying to get that all set up, see what, what else is happening there. And I want to thank um, Matt with uh, Never Enough Ammo for coming on the show today, Matt. Really appreciate you hanging on with us throughout the entire hour and a half. I know that's hard staying on the phone while you're traveling. You're probably almost home by now. Uh, yeah, I'm about to be running into Robstown. So. Oh, man, Robstown. That's where they have the uh, gun show at. Yep. You ever get up there to Robstown's the gun show at, at all? Oh, yeah. I try to I try to go to as much uh, as many of the, the, the gun shows around down here in South Texas as I can, Texas and all that stuff. So try to get out. All right, absolutely. All right, well, I tell you what, Matt, I want to thank you for coming on uh, and talking with us today and letting us know what happened at the Capitol and and letting us know that you're you're going to continue this. It's just not going to be one event. You're going to have multiple events. Uh, and once again, tell people where they can find your page. Yeah, so if you just go on to Facebook, you can search for a 2A Capitol Rally, um, and it's just going to be an open page. Uh, you will be, uh, you know, setting events in the future. To try and just get more people to, to get out and get involved and, and you know do what they can. We we have to we can't just always rely on on the NRA or GOA or whoever uh, whatever ABC organization you you you're, uh, those are, those are all great. But we also have to get up off our butts once in a while and do it ourselves um, and 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 you know solve these these issues ourselves, whether it's for legislation or or just uh, being a good public face for gun owners. So uh, go search that out. It's two A Capital Rally. And uh, just uh, subscribe to that page and, and be looking for future events in, in uh, a place close to you. All right. Awesome. Thank you, sir. And you enjoy your, the rest of your trip going back home. Yep, pretty much. All right. And that is Matt with Never Enough Ammo. He's on YouTube. Definitely check him out. Never Enough Ammo. He's got a lot to say, a lot going on. Definitely want to he- listen to this guy. Uh, he keeps us updated on, on all the different changes and, and updates in the gun community. Just so you guys know. Uh, the second first Sunday of the month in a row, we've had a mass shooting, mm. just so you know. Every second Sunday in a row. So just, you know, you might want to watch out and be aware of what's going on. Uh, someone's, I don't know if there's a race that's going on or what it is, but definitely be, around, be aware of your surroundings at all, all times. I always tell people, you know, you, you know, take a class, learn the laws and, and where you live. Uh, definitely. Uh, definitely take a class, go to the gun range, practice, carry. I carry all the time. Be become, become proficient with that firearm. Know how to draw that gun. You may have to draw that gun within three seconds and stop a threat. So mm. you definitely need to know how to do that and stop that threat. Um, I want to thank our couple for coming on today. Uh, tell us about, uh, you guys are from the blade sharpening, and, well, to the point is what it's called, to the point. To the point. To the point. I like that. Straight to the point. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Blade Sharpening and Sales. And you guys are out of Bastrop, Texas. Definitely check them out. They're on Facebook. Um, to the point. Sharpening. It's TTP Sharpening on Facebook. Definitely check them out. And they're doing great things with uh, trying to help out the Bastrop Public Library. And so we definitely need to help those guys out in what they're doing there. And what what's the day of the event? One more time. December 16th from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock could be held at the Bastrop Public Library. Okay, awesome. And then, AJ, what's going on with Lone Star Gun Rights? Well, it, it, it's hard to keep up day-to-day with 
the fast moving stuff that's uh, going on in the gun world right now. Uh, but we're definitely getting prepared for uh, primaries. We're making a list and we're checking it twice. We're <laughs> finding out who's naughty and nice. Um, we're well, going to be putting out well, our, uh, our surveys. State Representative uh, Phil King say he's been nice. You know, Phil King is uh, definitely aiming for a high uh, high seat uh, in the House right now. He's um, he's like looking like you know he's he's got a halo. <laughs> he's got a halo on. He's looking high. He's like, hey, I'm doing great. Yeah, well, everything's wonderful. We did great things last session. Yeah, about that. a whole bunch of licking, lapping, <laughs> slipping, and slapping, mm-hmm. jigging, and jabbing is what I hear. Lack thereof, <laughs> right? Uh, we we got a knife bill passed last session. Yay. That's, um, you know. That's good, but we've got a lot of ground to cover. Like I said, we're 26 in the nation on gun rights. Uh, we need to ask 26. Uh, we, we, we need to ask understand. everybody running that's uh, pro gun or have their NRA rating uh, what bill they're going to be working on this session to get us, uh, you know, out of the bottom half. <laughs> that, the, uh, yeah, whatever. bottom half. Yeah. 26. Um, just so you know. Yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's see. Uh, regardless of if he's Muslim or not, this is uh, from Joe Edwards. Regardless of if, he, if he's Muslim or not, we have an issue with a particular demographic, and you can Say it, Joe. configure it all you want. It doesn't That's change right. the fact. Um, and, and honestly, it doesn't matter, you know, but it you definitely need to definitely be aware of your surroundings and what's going on. No matter where I go, mm. at this church like today, you know, I walked around a bunch of different places today, went to a couple different restaurants today. Always aware of my surroundings at all at all times. That's just, loop. That's just the Use fact. The loop. Just got to do that. All right, what you got over there with the Libertarian Party, Ryan? Yeah, you think I was good? Nothing. So you guys Nothing. got a you guys got a petition that's going on, huh? That is not with the Libertarian Party. That's Indy Austin. Oh, I'm sorry, Boo. Indy Austin. Well, what's Indy Austin? Indy Austin is a new political action committee. Um, we're primarily focusing on referendum rights at the moment. Um, We'll have a no petition coming up fairly soon, which is about the right to referendum, expanding the time frame. And we have another petition, which is getting code next put on the ballot and extending the having a waiting period added. That's not OK. A waiting period? A waiting, a waiting period, period for what? Until the so white people can vote out all the minorities. A waiting period for what? <laughs> a waiting period for what? Just a waiting period after the final version between the final draft. Um, and then we're also having another petition, which is a billboard ordinance to be put on the ballot, which would just allow conversion of existing billboards digital mm. and adding regulations Those in place. flashing lights in your your apartment. Actually, it wouldn't allow flashing lights. It puts regulations in place from uh-huh. not permitting flashing lights to prohibiting animations. So much control okay. Indy Austin has. And where is Indy Austin based out of? Bastrop? We're, we're actually based out of Austin. But... Is Linda Curtis not from Bastrop, which is not Travis County, so she can't even vote here. Linda Curtis is based in Bastrop, but she's only one of the directors. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on there, too. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we definitely have to talk about that on a def, definitely, definitely We also have to talk show. about the actual law that is not going to allow these people to pass their petition that they're not talking about. Um, but I'll just show you that offline. All right. So um, and at so today is the eighth anniversary of the Fort Hood shooting, mm. um, and currently, right now, they're saying that anywhere from twenty to twenty-seven people are dead in the church shooting in Sutherland Springs, Texas. Fifteen. Were I want to thank uh, Adam Kokesh for coming on the show today. I want to thank Matt from Never Enough Ammo also coming on the show. We also had a Second Amendment event in 
Texas in Austin at the Texas State Capitol today where they had the book festival and all that stuff going on. So it was actually a great day um, for some things. But my thoughts and prayers definitely go out to the family members that have been affected in Sutherland and Texas. Mm. Um, and so shortly we're going to hear from the governor. He's going to have some great things, hopefully some inspirational things to say on, on what we, where we can go from here and make things better. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.